marketing is the expense you pay for being boring. Marketing is the expense <laughs> you pay for being boring. So Tesla, the automobile company, the manufacturer that Elon Musk owns, right? Their annual marketing budget is a grand total of zero dollars. Zero dollars. Now think about this. This is a company that's relatively new. I mean, I know they've probably been around 15 years at this point or something. It's a 30 minute hour. Welcome to the 30-Minute Hour. It's the personal development podcast for entrepreneurs who are looking to level up and become unstoppable. I'm your host, Eric Twiggs, your procrastination prevention partner. And today we're doing things a little differently because my co-host, you know him as the super CEO, the business strategist extraordinaire and all-around good guy, Ted Fells, is not with us today. He is attending a conference. See, Wayne, when you're a super CEO like he is, every now and then you've got a conference to attend. So <laughs> he, he's not going to be with us today, but um, he's definitely missed and he'll, he'll definitely be back with us next week. Uh, but this is not your everyday podcast. Please know that we do things a little different here on the 30-minute hour. Uh, you can watch us right now live on Facebook on YouTube, on LinkedIn, just go into the search search bar and type in the 30 minute hour, you'll be able to find us. Uh, and then later, you can actually go back and listen to this episode on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and any of those other places where you like to consume podcasting content. Uh, we, we've got a great show for you today. Today, we're gonna talk about the three reasons your marketing isn't working. You know how you put stuff out, you feel really good about it, and all you hear is crickets. Uh, there's a reason for that. We're going to talk about the different reasons and the science behind uh, getting the marketing right. But but you know our, our glass is half full on this show, so we're not going to just talk about why things aren't working. We're going to actually talk about what the fix is, so that your marketing can go to that next level i'm going to go ahead and introduce our guest of honor he is a passionate entrepreneur he's committed to creating remarkable experiences and building a team at ugly mug marketing <laughs> i'm dying here the backstory behind that name we'll get there uh, and he produces extraordinary results for his clients uh, he's been called the guru's guru uh, and he's regularly called upon for uh, for advice from the industry leading CEOs and New York Times best-selling authors and Silicon Valley startups. Uh, he has personally worked with clients in over 100 different industries uh, from 34 states and 11 countries. Please join me in welcoming to the 30-minute hour, Wayne Mullins. Thank you so much, Eric. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for this opportunity. Absolutely. Excited to have you on. Welcome to the show. Uh, definitely wanted to find out the backstory and, and get that full perspective before we get, get into the meat of the interview. So you went to uh, Louis Louisiana College. 
Now, I'm just curious to know, like, what was your vision? What were your career plans uh, back at that time? Yeah, so originally, Erica, you know, truth be told, I was going to start out in nursing mm. uh, until I took my first anatomy and physiology. When I got handed back that first test, there was a big number 17 written across the top of that in red ink. And that was my grade for that test out of 100. And I said, you know what? <laughs> nursing is not for me. I'm out of here. And so I went into business with the specialization in marketing. So uh, I'd always been entrepreneurial kind of in my in my upbringing, always had worked summer jobs and had always been interested in the various aspects of business. So that was probably a better fit for me anyway. Interesting. Yeah, it's funny, like most people don't, you know, start out where they end up, right? It's kind of a, a, a discovery piece. Uh, that's I, I just love asking that question. So like, like, like if you could go back and talk to that undergrad version of yourself, uh, knowing what you know now, what, what advice would you give? Yeah, what I would say, Eric, is actually based on what you just said. And it's that all too often, I think we get so hung up in the moment about making the quote unquote right decision that we become paralyzed by fear fear of making that wrong decision. And so what, you know, I, you know, kind of reflecting back on that time for me, there was certainly some fear about, is this the right path? Should I leave nursing? Should I try again? Should I, you know, all these things that play out in our heads over and over. And what if I make the wrong decision? When in reality, if we often will just step forward, just step out there, we'll be able to then see the next step in that path, right? You know, as the mm -hmm. Bible says, a lamp into our feet. In other words, we may not be able to see the entire path that's in front of us, but if we take that next step, we can see the very next step that's waiting for us. So the advice that I wish I'd listened to or wish I'd known at the time was just to take the step and then see what path, what's revealed in front of that step. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. I mean, a lot of people, business owners I work with, they get into this whole perfectionist thing. Well, you know, I have to have it all figured out. You know, I have to have it all the research and need to do a complete business plan. I got to do this. Sometimes you just have to take, like you say, you have to take the next step. One of the things I always say in my work is that you can't allow perfect to become the enemy of progress. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the small steps count as well. So hopefully, hopefully we've helped somebody who is trying to be perfect that, you know, you just, just take the next step and then you find out what the next step is going to be after that. So cool. So I, I, I've got to know. This has been keeping me up at night, Wayne. <laughs> please, please share the backstory behind how you came up with the name of Ugly Mug Marketing. You bet. So the name actually comes from this gentleman of the name David Ogilvy. So David Ogilvy was the co-founder of this large ad agency called Ogilvy and Mather. Ogilvy and Mather at one point was the largest ad agency in the world. Uh, they're still in the top 10. They have offices all around the globe. And David Ogilvy's background was what's called direct response marketing. And direct response marketing is when every piece that you put out, you're expecting a very specific re response back on that specific piece of marketing. And rumor has it that inside the offices of Ogilvy and Mather, David was notorious for saying, I would rather an ad that's ugly and effective over one that's beautiful, but isn't. And so in the industry that we operate in, in this world of marketing and advertising, there's this constant pull 
towards trying to win awards, win design awards. Um, and so for us, we want to stay focused on what matters most. If we can get results for our clients, if we can help them accomplish their goals, it doesn't matter necessarily if the ad is quote unquote ugly or quote unquote beautiful, right? What matters is the results at the end of the day. Now, that doesn't mean we want to produce stuff that's ugly. We, we, we don't, but we don't want to lose sight of what matters more than the beauty of the thing. And that is the results that we hope to produce from it. That's interesting. So do you, you find that to be a common thing? I know, was it, um, was it Old Spice? I think it was. They had this Super Bowl ad that everybody talked about and, you know, it was very popular. But from what I would gather, it wasn't really driving the bottom line for them. Yeah. Yeah. And the unfortunate thing, Eric, is this, that we see that as entrepreneurs, we see these big ads, we see these, you know, super creative, super clever things. And we try to emulate those or replicate those in our small businesses. And we, we can't afford to take those same risks. We can't afford to spend that type of money. You know, not that it's millions of dollars on a Super Bowl ad, but, you know, to be honest, you know, a few hundred bucks for some entrepreneurs is a make it or break it decision. And it's sad to me to see so many of them throw their money out trying to replicate something that's never going to produce the results that they need today. Yeah, great point. So so if I'm if I'm working with you, like how will I know that I'm getting a return on investment? Like like what metrics are you looking at to determine the success of the marketing that we're doing? Yeah. At the end of the day for most entrepreneurs, it's more money in the bank account, right? That's the ultimate goal for most for-profit businesses when they come to us. Um, we do work with nonprofits, and so their their metrics, their goals, the things that matter to them are a little bit different sometimes. But again, we sit down and have that conversation with you, and we say, okay, what is the most important thing for you? What are you after? What are your goals for this year, for you know the, the upcoming season? What are those things? And then how can we help you accomplish those things? Because we know that if we can help you achieve those things that we're not going anywhere, right? You're going to keep us around for quite some time. Good. No, that, that's, that's fantastic. So, so who is your ideal customer? Our ideal customer is someone who is entrepreneurial in terms of their spirit. In other words, they don't necessarily love the status quo. They don't mind challenging the status quo. They, they love thinking out of the box a little bit. They're okay with trying things that are, unconventional, if you will, and they're also growth-minded. So entrepreneurial and they're growth-minded. In other words, it doesn't do us any good to work with somebody who's entrepreneurial, but they're happy with the way things are. In other words, they're not trying to grow. On the flip side of that, it doesn't do us any good to work with somebody who's only growth-minded if they're unwilling to try things that they haven't tried before. So growth-minded and entrepreneurial in spirit. Okay, that's good stuff. So they need to be uh growth minded looking to the to the future so like like how is your model is it like a a done for you type thing or are there specific things that they're responsible for doing talk, talk to us about that so at this point you know we're now almost 14 years into this we actually have kind of this this whole menu of services if you will uh, the bulk of our clients are what we would call done for you so they come to us we sit down 
uh, and it varies based on the, the time, but we sit down at least once a quarter and we plan out what, what's important for the next quarter. And then we put together the strategies and the tactics to bring those things to life. On the far other end of that spectrum, we also do some consulting work. So, you know, if someone comes to us and, you know, they've got a very limited budget and they say, look, here's what I'm trying to accomplish. Can you give me direction? Can you help steer me? Because I can't afford to make mistakes with what little budget I have. And so we work in that way as well. Yeah, I'm curious, like, like, what do you recommend for, for like for entrepreneurs watching us right now? I'm sure they've heard somewhere that they should have a marketing budget, right? Money that they set aside to spend on marketing. What, what do you recommend for your typical time? What, what should their marketing budget look like? So I'm going to give you two, two answers. The first answer is this, that when your marketing is dialed in correctly, um, it should be so it, your marketing should be that every single dollar produces a positive ROI. That should be a true statement. And when that becomes a true statement, you have no budget at that point, right? So if you knew for every dollar you're gonna spend on marketing, you're gonna get some multiple of that back in profitable revenue, there's no limit to the budget. And when you're able to achieve that in your marketing, you can achieve scale with your business in terms of growth. Now, it's hard to do because you have to monitor, you have to track every single penny that gets spent on marketing, as well as all the various channels um, through which people are coming into the business. It all has to be tracked and it all has to be assigned to the marketing that drove that business in. And the bigger a business gets, the more complex this gets because there's so many channels driving people into the business. Um, so that's that's the that's the one answer. The other answer is this. Typically, you'll see budgets on marketing range somewhere between two percent and twenty five percent in that range. And I know that's a huge range. It's going to vary depend on depending on the industry. E-commerce, for example, that number is going to be much higher. It's going to be up there closer to the twenty twenty five percent. You know, when you get to, into the more traditional businesses, it's going to be the lower percentages. Okay. All right. So we're here talking to Wayne Mullins. He's the the marketing guru, ugly mug marketing CEO. All right. Now, so so the people are on the edge of their seat. They they saw the title. They said, I, I've got to find out what, what am I doing wrong? So, so what what are the three reasons that you see? Let's let's start with reason number one. The three reasons you see that marketing doesn't work for entrepreneurs at times. Yeah, great question. And just for context for those watching or listening, it's this, you know, in any given year, we probably run somewhere north of 10,000 different campaigns. So that's across social media, that's in print, that's in television, that's in radio. Uh, so we're running a lot of ads. We're getting to get data and feedback on a lot of campaigns across a lot of different industries. Um, and so it's from that context or from that view that I'm able to look and see, okay, here's where I see people messing up. And what I would say is mistake number one, the number one reason people's marketing isn't working is because they're confusing marketing and advertising. They're confusing those two things. And if you don't understand fully what marketing is, you can never be good at this thing called marketing. Hmm. So let's talk about that. So, so what do you see as the difference between marketing and advertising? Yeah, absolutely. So advertising, if you think about an umbrella, marketing is the big umbrella across the top. Advertising is a piece or a component underneath marketing. So advertising is only a portion of it. And the definition, super simple definition we love to use for marketing is this. 
Marketing is your ability to attract and then to keep a customer. But the point of keeping that customer is to convert them into an evangelist for your brand. So it doesn't do any good to keep a customer if you don't convert them into an evangelist for your brand. Now, advertising is typically just about the attraction side, right? So it's like, I'm going to go out and do all these things to try to get new people to come buy my stuff. Well, Eric, we live in this world where every single person and, you know, more than likely the people watching this right now and the people listening to this, they have this little device called a smartphone. And in an instant with this little device, they can share a message about you, your product, your service with the world or at least with their friends. Right. And yet we as marketers, as business owners, as entrepreneurs, we don't give much thought to how do we convince people? How do we incentivize? How do we persuade our existing customers to go out and be evangelists for our products and services? Hmm. Interesting. So do you find that there's too much focus on trying to get new business and we, we, we don't really understand how critical it is to really touch the existing customer? You're saying that, is that what the case is? That the issue? That is the issue. We spend so much of our attention on the next new customer coming yeah. in the door that we ignore that tremendous resource, that tremendous asset of our existing customer base. And we're out there searching for the new, the latest, the greatest. And then we're not empowering our existing audience to become those evangelists, to go out and share for us. So absolutely. Okay. No, this is good. So the first, first mistake, uh, that people are making is they're confusing marketing and advertising. All right. What's mistake number two? Mistake number two is this, that marketing is the expense you pay for being boring. Marketing is the expense <laughs> you pay for being boring. So Tesla, the automobile company, the manufacturer that Elon Musk owns, right? Their annual marketing budget is a grand total of zero dollars zero dollars now think about this this is a company that's relatively new i mean i know they've probably been around 15 years at this point or something but in the in the auto manufacturing world this is a new car they have taken on ford toyota honda the giants right chevrolet they've taken on all these other companies and they've done it with zero marketing dollars how have they done this they've done this because elon musk is brilliant and not being boring. Hmm. Look, you and I may not agree with him. We may not like him. It doesn't matter. He's still capturing attention every single day. He's a master promoter. And as P.T. Barnum used to say, without promotion, something terrible happens. Nothing. So what I would say to people listening is this. If you don't want to spend money on marketing, Figure out ways to not be boring. Figure out ways to stand out in the crowded marketplace, to be different, to not look like, to sound like, to do like all your competitors are doing in your space. And that is very challenging for new entrepreneurs because it's easy to emulate. It's easy to copy. It's easy to go do what they're doing. But instead, you need to look inward. You need to be authentic to who you are, who your brand is. And you need to live on the edge of that, right? Embrace that, live that out in everything that you do. That's a great, I like how you say that. You say marketing is the expense you pay for being boring. Um, I've been, I'm reading this book, it's, it's called Hook Point. And, and 
one of the premise, his main premise is that you've got three seconds to grab someone's attention when it comes to marketing, because everybody's inundated with social media stuff and ads and everything else. But what advice do you have for the entrepreneur who's looking for ways to not be boring and grab somebody's attention within the three seconds? Yeah, there's always things you can do. So in today's world, let me give you one super quick example. In today's world, um, most people don't receive much snail mail, right? Traditional mail in their mailbox. So let's just say that that you're you have a marketing business and someone calls you and they have a question about your services. Send them a handwritten thank you note in the mail. That immediately will cause you to be different. It will cause you to stand out. It will cause you to not be boring, not be traditional. There are other things, the way you answer their phone, the way you return phone calls, the length of time it takes you to respond to emails, all of those things give you touch points where you can stand out, where you can be different, where you cannot blend in to the status quo. And here's the thing, Eric, none of those things cost much money, right? None of those things cost much money. It's we have to be willing to think outside the box. We have to be willing to let go of following the crowd, following what everybody else is doing. And here's the thing. Anybody can do these things. You don't, it doesn't take a lot of time. You know, you get off the phone call with somebody who just inquired about doing business with you. It literally takes you two minutes to write a note. Thank you so much for reaching out today. It was great speaking with you. We look forward to being able to do business with you in the future. Sign it, put a 55 cent stamp on it. It's in the mail. So again, it's about intention. It's not necessarily about big budgets or grand things, maybe like Elon Musk would do. Now, great point. I, I think number two is critical. I was, uh, when I was coming up as an inspiring speaker, one of my mentors gave me this advice. He said, hey, Eric, if you want to succeed as a speaker, I want you to find out what all the other speakers are doing and don't do it. <laughs> you know, you, you've got to be different. I mean, if you look just like everybody else, you're not going to stand out. Um, Love so it. I, I think this is a critical point here. All right. So, so, so what's reason number three that marketing may not be working? Number three, and this is going to be like a, a two-parter. So you're getting a bonus here. All right. Uh -oh. Number three is this. We as entrepreneurs, by nature, we're typically impatient. We're typically impatient. And so we don't give our marketing enough time to give us results and give us adequate feedback before we make a decision. And so the, the B part of that, that's the first part. The B part of that is because we're impatient as entrepreneurs, we are often seeking the next magic bullet, right? It's the next guru who's got the next big thing to say. And it's like, oh, well, did you hear that this person's doing this? Or they said we should be doing this now. And so we run over here and we could do all these things that they're talking about. And we try it and it doesn't work for us. And then we're frustrated. And then the next guru says, oh, well, you got to be doing this thing. And so we run over here and we do this thing right? It could be the next social media platform. It could be whatever it is. And so the mistake that, that entrepreneurs make is when we're impatient and when we jump from thing to thing, number one, we don't get enough data back. We don't get enough feedback back to make sound decisions. And number two, when we jump from thing to thing, we can never perfect. We can never hone our skills around those things that we have the potential to be great at because we're jumping to the next thing. So what I would say is be patient, give yourself time, sit with a particular type of media or a certain type of social media you know, channel 
practice it for a period of time before you jump to the next thing, perfect it, get good at it, be patient with yourself, listen to the data and then make decisions. Now, again, I mean, another great point, and maybe you can enlighten us on this. Everything I've seen and read about marketing says that it typically takes anywhere from seven to nine touches for the typical consumer to become aware of you and your brand. Can you speak to that? Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. It's not a one and done. And that which the stat you just gave, uh, it's going to vary based on industry and based on typically based on the size of the purchase, right? So the more touches it's going to take based on the higher ticket items, the fewer touches, the lower ticket items. So I completely and totally agree with that. In that, that process though, of making those conversions, getting people to actually buy with those touches, it's very important that we don't violate human psychology. And human psychology in, in terms of making a purchasing decision works like this. Number one, people have to know about it in order to make a decision. Then they have to like it, right? So if you are selling grass-fed beef and I'm a vegan, I'm never gonna like what you do. So it doesn't do you any good to keep marketing to me, right? So they have to know about, they have to like it. This component, this next one, number three is trust. You have to ensure that you're manufacturing trust into your marketing. And here's what's crazy, Eric. People would rather trust strangers they've never met than to trust me or you as a marketer. I mean, think about this. If you go to Amazon, you're going to order a tube of toothpaste. Let's just use that as an example. It's a $4 tube of toothpaste. You're not going to buy that without scrolling down and looking at the reviews from a bunch of people who could all be complete lunatics, <laughs> but you're going right, to trust them more than you're going to trust what the maker of the toothpaste says. And the lesson is this, for you and I as marketers, as entrepreneurs, we've got to ensure that we're manufacturing trust into our process. So when you, when you incorporate that, you're leveraging other people's trust in us. In other words, if someone else says they trust this toothpaste, it's great. We're leveraging that person's trust in our product to persuade somebody else. Yeah, talk more about that. So you're saying that the main way to leverage trust is to have testimonials. Yeah, testimonials, social proof, case studies, other people speaking on our behalf, right? Mm -hmm. when, when other people speak on our behalf, we trust that source way more than we trust the business or the entrepreneur doing that promotion themselves. Sure, yeah, because I, as the entrepreneur, I'm going to say my business is great, but <laughs> if, if someone else, if, if many others are saying uh, that I'm great, that's a that's a, another different different thing there. So no, th these are some great points. We're talking about the three reasons your marketing isn't working. We said uh, reason number one, we're confusing marketing and advertising. Uh, reason number two, that marketing is the expense you pay for being boring. <laughs> that's tweetable uh, and then reason number three is, is being impatient and, and looking for that magic pill yeah I, this is something i run into all the time people want that that we, we call it the silver bullet yeah you know i have to like look if, if you find it let me know I, i'll use it myself <laughs> if there's a way around this process yeah i'll use it myself but there isn't you know you have to be in it for the long game um no, I mean, this is fantastic advice. So, so talk to us about like your favorite success story, one of your favorite success stories 
from one of your clients who you've helped use in your framework? Yeah. So, I mean, th there's a long list of people that we've loved to work with. Um, some highlights that come to mind. I had the privilege of working with Greg McEwen. He's the author of Essentialism and Effortless. Um, I helped him with his latest book launch, Effortless, that was last year. And so we did all the marketing with him. And I mean, he has a, a publicity agency and all these other people as publisher, but we were the marketing arm of that. And um, that was that was phenomenal. The goal was to land on the New York Times bestseller best-selling list. And we accomplished that. Um, the other, you know, there's honestly like the coffee shop literally across the street, right, you know, right behind the camera where I'm looking at you, um, working with them, you know, and just seeing the growth and the, the slow progress of this little local coffee shop as they grow. There's just so much reward in seeing progress over time, whether it's for a big name or whether it's for, you know, just the small local business. It's all so rewarding and so fulfilling to see. That's awesome. And, and just uh, the fact that you're working with, with Greg McKeon and you're working with these authors, it tells you that the, the level that you're on from a business standpoint, I mean, because these are people that can work with, with anybody, you know, that that's where their business has gotten. Uh, so I'm just curious, like, is there, is there something that, when you first started out in business, that was a struggle for you, that that's still hard for you now. Tell us about that. Yeah, I would say if, I, if I'm completely honest, Eric, it's finance. Hmm. I have never been good with numbers. I hate numbers. I hate looking at numbers. Um, I was just telling somebody just last week um, that it doesn't matter how good the numbers look. I still hate looking at them. Like it just stresses me out to look at numbers and try to interpret numbers. And so that's one for me that I've had to really lean into. You know, as a business gets bigger, the numbers get bigger, but also the responsibility. So the responsibility for me as the CEO of the company, we've got 12 employees here who's, you know, sometimes their, their entire family's lives are dependent on the paycheck they get from here. And so it's my responsibility to ensure that we're financially strong. And so having to lean into that um, is, it's been a struggle. It's always been a struggle for me, but I'm leaning into it, Eric. You, you got my word. I'm leaning into it. So you're leaning into the struggle, huh? Absolutely. Yeah, you, know, you know, it's interesting. I, I think we, as you, you see someone like yourself who's working with New York Times bestsellers, and it's easy to think, oh man, yeah, he's got it made, you know. But but it, it it's always going to be a challenge, right? Yeah. And, and it's still like for me, even as we're talking about marketing, it's just. You know, just continuing to be strategic with your marketing, right? Because you just, you, you always have to have a strategy. You always have to be looking at different ways to get your message in front of people. Um, because you think, you know, you, it's easy to think that, okay, I'm just going to have this book. I'm going to put it on Amazon and it's, everything's going to be great. But unfortunately, it doesn't work that way, right? You, you have to really be strategic uh, and have a strategy. Yeah, absolutely. It It doesn't. Even those big names, so like Greg, working with Greg, um, there was so much intention and so much strategy put into ensuring that his second book, Effortless, would become a New York Times bestseller. From the outside, though, if you looked, if you looked from the outside and weren't aware of what was taking place behind the scenes, it would appear that Greg wrote the book, his publisher published the book, and it landed on the New York Times bestseller list. But the amount of work, the amount of interviews that Greg did leading up to that during that uh, it's it's just insane like 
literally from the time he woke up to the time he went to bed, he was on podcasts, he was doing interviews. And this wasn't just for a day or for a week. This was for months building up momentum to this particular launch. So it's kind of that old adage that, you know, the, the, the duck or duck swimming across the pond on the surface, he looks like he's just gliding along, but underneath he's, he's kicking them legs really quick to get across that water. No, it's great. I mean, I, I think it's easy to underestimate the amount of work it takes to really, and it just, it, it just boggles my mind when there's things I do marketing wise. And, and then I'll have somebody that's, that follows me on social media. Like, like I, I, we've had the podcast since 2019 and every now and then I'll get somebody that's like, Oh, you have a podcast? Really? I didn't. <laughs> it, it, and I feel like, man, I'm doing all this stuff. So it just go, goes to show you just can't assume that people are getting it. You just have to have that constant thing. And, and I think these, our entrepreneurs, they need a wane in their life to help them to be strategic uh, with their efforts. So I'm just curious, like what's next on the horizon for you? For me, it's, it's just this idea of a little better each day, hmm. right? And I know that sounds very cliche and it sounds very um, like not sexy, right? It'd be far better to say like, oh yeah, we're going to do this thing. We're going to acquire these companies or, or whatever. Um, but here's the thing is it's much like a professional team, whether, you know, football seasons right now, and we're about to go into the world series at the time we're recording this, but those teams that consistently win year after year, the amount of effort it takes to get back to that level is phenomenal, right? That's why we often hear about teams who go to the Super Bowl and then they disappear. They don't, they barely make the playoffs the next year because the amount of effort to get back to that level is so significant. And then you get egos involved and you get all these other things. And so for me, it's this idea of just continual improvement. A little bit of improvement every single day has a compounding effect. And that is where I'm at right now. You know, it's not about this big drastic jump. It's just little improvements, micro improvements every single day that will compound over time. You've hit on some really key points just in the short time we've been talking. Like you talked about the growth mindset. You talked about just getting better every day. I, I, I'm just curious, like like what, what are some of the books that you're reading that are helping you with this mentality that you have? Love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm an avid reader, uh, avid listener to books, reader of books, podcasts. Uh, I'm a continual student. It was Zig Ziglar who, who, you know, way back in the day, Zig Ziglar used to say, turn your car into automobile university, mm -hmm. never go anywhere in your vehicle without filling your head with positive things, things that are going to teach you things that you're going to grow. And so I really embraced that uh, probably 20 years ago. And ever since then, I've been a student just trying to get a little better every single day. And so for me, the books right now, I'm reading a book called um, Exactly What to Say. I'm revisiting a book called The 48 Laws of Power. Um, I read a lot. And my problem is, Eric, that usually the book I'm currently reading, it's it's the best book I've ever read. I'm like, man, this, <laughs> where's this book been? Like, this is, this is it. Um, yeah, I, I would encourage anyone listening or watching, you know, pick up a book, um, dive into it. So for me, what's interesting is I've never been officially diagnosed, um, but I'm, I'm probably somewhat dyslexic. I'm probably somewhat ADD or ADHD. And so reading for me has always been a challenge. It's very tough for me to stay focused. But what I've learned over time is that by picking up a book and forcing myself to learn to stick with a page, my, my habit of reading has improved and my retention has improved as well. Um, but 
the thing I was so afraid of, Eric, was allowing those things, the fact that I wasn't a good reader, to become an excuse for the future of my life, right? Mm. We can either have results or we can have excuses, but we can't have both of those things. And so for me, I would much rather suffer through you know, the focus and suffer through having to reread a page three times because I didn't get it than to have an excuse that says, well, I can't read because. And so I would encourage anybody out there, do the things you know you should do, right? As entrepreneurs, we know the core things we need to be focused on. It's just a matter of doing them, disciplining ourselves enough to do those things. No, no, those, those are great points. Um, reading, I mean, just doing something, I'm the same way, just doing something to get a little better every day. And, and what I find is that when, when you're getting better every day, you, you start to create distance because most people aren't willing to uh, make that time. So no, I, I think that these are great points. So, so we're at, we're at the, the, the final segment of our show. Uh, it's called write this down. This is where we each go and, and, and talk about at least one key takeaway that we want our entrepreneurs who are watching this and listening to us to write down so they can level up. So Wayne, we'll go ahead and start with you. What should the people write down? I'm going to say, Eric, even though we didn't directly use these terms during our conversation today, I'm going to say this. Consistency creates miracles. Consistency creates miracles, whether that's in your marketing, whether that's in your relationships, whether that's in your reading, whether that's in your spiritual walk. Right. Consistency is going to create miracles. And I know this because I work with a lot of us entrepreneurs, myself included. We are notorious from jumping from thing to thing to thing instead of sticking with the tried and true. You know, all of us listening and watching, we know what's tried and true. We know what the foundational things are, right? But again, we have to be patient. We have to be consistent. And if we are consistent, eventually those will become miracles. Mm, now that's great. Consistency creates miracles. Write that down. I think that's the key to success, um, being consistent over a period of time. Uh, so, so my thing for, for write this down, it, it has to do with what you were talking about, uh, about not being boring. Um, and, and I just think it's just so critical that you, you have a strategy to grab attention, right? I think if you've, if you're doing a video, if you're writing a blog, if you're doing a podcast, you need to be thinking about how do I stand out? How do I make this different from the thousands and thousands of other people who are doing the exact same thing, right? Everybody's a real, there's, there's all kinds of real estate people out there. There's all, no matter what business you're in. So I think, I mean, the key to success is getting good at standing out. You know, and so I'm so glad you mentioned this thing about not being boring. Um, and, and I think it does help to have a coach, a consultant, an outside set of eyes helping you. Uh, and all you have to do is look at Wayne's website <laughs> and, and you'll see, I mean, I think that's the example of a, I look at sites all the time and your site grabbed my attention. Thank you. So yeah, that's the goal that. for everybody. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And again, it doesn't, it doesn't take much though, right? Like it's just the little subtle things that make the difference. And so I completely agree with you. Absolutely. So 
give the people your website and let them know kind of how they can connect with you and work with you and take their marketing to that next level. Absolutely. The simplest place to connect is our website and that's uglymugmarketing.com. And it's got all our phone numbers, emails, you know, social media links and all that kind of stuff right there on the page. Um, and then just kind of more on the mix of business and personal on Instagram, I'm at fire yourself. And, you know, you'll get a mix of business and kind of some personal growth related stuff in there. So not all marketing related. Fantastic. Ugly mug marketing. Even the name, the name stands out. Like who else is named ugly mug? <laughs> That's it. Fantastic. All right. So we, we definitely want to thank Wayne Mullins uh, for being our guest and, and sharing everything that he shared today. Uh, speaking of sharing, don't forget to share the show. Make sure you share this episode. Uh, and again, keep in mind that we're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. So uh, you can definitely go back and listen to the replay. And, and this is one of those episodes where you'll want to pause and rewind because he really hit some key points, especially when he was talking about the three reasons your marketing isn't working. Uh, so definitely make sure you go back and uh, check that out. Uh, but, but that's our show. That, that's, that's our time for this week. Again, thank you to Wayne Mullins. Uh, and until next time, have a great one. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the 30-Minute Hour Podcast. We need your help to grow the show. One of the best ways that you can help us is by leaving both a rating and a review. You can go to Apple Podcast, Stitcher, or any of those other podcasting platforms and leave us a rating and a review. We've got a bonus that we're running for this month, a special bonus, that if you take a screenshot of that rating and review and you email it to eric at ericmpwiggs.com, you get entered into a special drawing where you can win a free copy of my book, The Discipline of Now, 12 Practical Principles to Overcome Procrastination. And then lastly, don't forget to share the show. Try share the show. Share this show with someone in your network who you know will benefit from the message. Again, I thank you for listening. And remember, don't allow perfect to become the enemy of progress. So keep growing. Keep growing.